0: Welcome to Waterloop, the podcast that explores solutions for sustainability and equity in water. I'm the host, Travis Loop. This is episode number 199, Cheers to On-Site Reuse. There is tremendous potential in on-site reuse, where a building's gray water, wastewater, or stormwater is treated and used again at the same location. To raise awareness of this technology, a beer was brewed using water recycled by an on-site system at a San Francisco apartment building. The one-water brew and concept of on-site reuse are discussed in this episode with Aaron Tartakovsky, CEO of Epic Cleantech. Aaron explains the process of creating the beer and the media attention it has garnered. He also discusses efforts to increase acceptance of on-site reuse among regulators, builders, utilities, and the public. Before starting, I want to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Flume Utility and Business Solutions. I have a Flume system at my house to track water use in real time and show me what's happening on my smartphone. Flume also provides crucial insights to water providers and state and regional planning agencies, enabling them to conserve water, stop leaks, plan for the future, comply with regulations, and so much more. Flume is partnering with leading water utilities across the country, such as the San Antonio Water System, Orange County Municipal Water District, and East Bay Municipal Utilities District. Flume's nationwide network of sensors collect residential water use data at five-second intervals. It provides detailed analysis of how water is used indoors and out, even down to the fixture level. To learn more, visit flumewater.com and please reach out to their team at partnerships at flumewater.com. You're in the water loop. Aaron, uh, glad to have you on. Basically, as you know, this episode is all about drinking a beer made with recycled water, recycled wastewater of some kinds, and uh, talking about water issues. So super excited for your this episode to have a beer by you and your company, uh, the epic one water brew. And uh, Kolsch-styled ale made with purified, recycled water. So I'm going to open mine over here.
1: I'm going to do the uh, same.
0: I actually brought a little special. Since this is a Kolsch, which is a a German-inspired beer, I actually brought a real uh, Stein that I bought in Germany. Going to just pour your beer into that guy.
1: You know, uh, we just had a, we we had a visitor to Epic recently who, uh, his wife is from Germany. She's from Cologne, where the quote Kolsch originated. And he came with an actual Kolsch glass that he brought to the office and basically made us embarrassed that we're serving this beer in the wrong glasses. I'm just using a standard kitchen glass here. So for any, right. any Cologne purist, uh, my apologies. <laughs>
0: That's awesome that somebody brought that to you. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I I will say this is not my first time tasting it. Anybody might have seen on social <laughs> media that you sent me some of this, uh, and I I definitely tried one right away. Look at it. it's beautiful stuff. Uh, so Aaron, cheers to you and your your beer you made here. It's good. Mm. And a, a podcast where you can sit and drink a beer and talk to a water friend is a is a good day.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, very 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 few people would be able to convince me you drink a beer in the middle of the day during the work week. But Travis, you have you have that power. I love it. I love it. And in and, and all fairness, it is I'm on the
0: East Coast. It is after five o'clock here. But you are <laughs> okay. you're doing the tough work, the tough work of an entrepreneur and, and drinking beer in the middle of the day. Um, so before we kind of dive into some water issues, can you tell me uh, and tell folks that are listening about this
1: beer? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I think first, just for some context, you know, Epic Clean Tech as a company, we deploy on-site water reuse systems into real estate. So whether that's you know a, a single individual high-rise building in downtown San Francisco, at the district scale, community scale, or sort of a group of buildings, um, that's our core business. We are not, we are not beer makers.
0: Uh, important clarification there yes
1: yes yeah and and i only say that because there's been a lot of people reaching out to come visit our brewery and they've been very disappointed to find out that we are not a brewery but uh <laughs> i'll talk more about that but um you know we really wanted to just find an interesting way to showcase the efficacy of water reuse technologies and i think there's just an innate misunderstanding discomfort yuck factor uh, around these topics. So we thought, look, what better way to, sh- to to really highlight how robust these technologies are than to turn it into something that we drink. We can tell people all day the science is there, the technology is there, but it's a lot more effective to say, look, the water is so clean that we were actually able to put it into a beer. It's perfectly safe and also it's delicious. So this beer actually came from highly purified water from a gray water system in a 40 story high rise so right in the middle of downtown san francisco we collected water treated water from showers from laundry from bathroom sinks put it through an advanced treatment process transported that water to a local brewery uh, and then they did their magic and uh the result
0: I am a, a just a generally a craft beer fan anyway, and then I'm especially a fan of this whole beer made with recycled wastewater uh, effort. And I do have to show that I'm wearing the the pure water brewing Alliance t-shirt for this episode. <laughs> um you know, and we all in that alliance have been thrilled to see. Uh, your efforts and all the awesome attention you're getting and like legitimately this is a delicious beer it's so good Um, I do like the Kolsch style and you guys you guys nailed it and congrats on all the media coverage it's been blowing up Uh, what's like the biggest what's the biggest uh,
1: media moment that you've had with this? oh man it's uh very look we we knew it was going to generate some attention um but we certainly certainly did not anticipate the type of attention that this garnered and i think to date i mean we're creeping up on two billion media impressions uh, since since uh since november actually later because we didn't really publicize it until this year um but i'd say one of the the most special moments was on uh CBS on their their morning show Uh, one of the hosts of that show Nate Burleson who's you know a lot of folks will recognize him from from football commentary uh he got excited and they were sort of (laughs) talking about the beer live on well let me let me rephrase that we heard them talking about the beer and then uh this was in a previous episode and we said you can't just talk about a beer we've got to try the beer so we worked all these angles we got in touch with the uh, producers ended up sending out a shipment of the beer and that the co-host actually drank the beer live on camera. So Nate Burleson, <laughs> one of the prominent hosts there actually chugged uh, an entire Epic one water brew live on TV. And, and that was one of those moments where I remember the team, we, we were messaging each other and just saying, well, that was fun. And yeah. th- there's our, there, there's our viral moment. So yeah, I'd say that that's definitely at the top of the list.
0: What I really want to talk to you a lot about today Uh, over this beer is water reuse and how to get it happening on a faster, faster pace, larger scale, right? This is something that frustrates me. We've got these serious water scarcity issues in the American West around the world, but, you know, I I really look domestically um, and I see projects popping up, but I'm like, why are cities, utilities, not just going full bore, because you've got the technology, it's so proven. The water is clean, it's safe, um, you know, and you've got companies like yours that are out there with with a solution. And so it's frustrating that I just don't see this stuff going quicker. Um, why do you think that is? That's a big question. Uh, and there's some avenues I want to go down, but, but why do you sure. think that it's not speeding up and, and
1: happening on a wider scale? Yeah, it's a great question. And uh, look, it's something we grapple with all the time as a company. Um, and you know, I, I like that you're talking about sort of accelerating it because mm-hmm. we as you noted, we have the technologies to do this. You know, I I, I like I like to tell the story of my co founder slash father, uh, Igor was trained in the space program. And as mm-hmm. he often says, you know, what do you think the astronauts are drinking in space? We know we've had the technologies for a very long time. So I think the real challenges kind of distilled down to a few key areas and happy to go into more on all of these, but one is, is regulations. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, we have regulators who very rightly are trying to protect public health and we have designed our water and wastewater systems a certain way for tens or even hundreds of years, really, if you look at kind of a, the the history of centralized water and wastewater infrastructure. So Regulators, by nature, are risk averse, and that's their job to protect public health. So some of it is going to be the regulatory side of them kind of coming around to it. But again, we're seeing a lot of really encouraging stuff there. Uh, two is the cost. Um, okay. you know, I think a lot of times these water recycling projects, unlike a, an app or a piece of software, easier to deploy. Um Whereas this stuff, it's new technology. You know, a lot of times you're dealing with folks who already have sunk investments into existing infrastructure, so you need to be able to justify the return on the investment of new infrastructure. And then a third and really really important piece is is uh, the public, is the perception of it, is the Mm -hmm. fact that we have been conditioned as a society for all of our lives to think that water, and specifically wastewater, is is something dirty? It is. We, we literally put waste mm. in the name. We are. We are taught that once you know you flush the toilet, everything goes off, or, or not even toilets, just the drains. Everything goes off into the sewer, and we don't think about it again. So all of a sudden, what we're telling them, well, actually, all of that stuff where we literally call it waste, uh we're actually going to take, repurpose, and put back into your pipes. Of course, there's going to be some hesitation. There's going to be some 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 opposition to it, but. Again, this is why we're doing these types of educational campaigns. And uh, I think things are a lot of things are changing right now. And I think this is kind of this really exciting, uh, age of innovation around all things water innovation and, and water reuse. But, um, if I had to dis- distill it down, it's a combination of regulations, cost and public perception.
0: Hmm. All right. I had a couple of those on my list to dig into further. Um, The regulations thing is, is interesting to me. Um, Public health protection, first and foremost, I get that. That's what it's all about. Uh, But (laughs) again, the, the, the science is there, right? There's been so much, so many studies done on what comes out of the end of, of, these systems that clean, quote, wastewater, right? And so like, let's mm. let's get the regulations up to speed with the science <laughs> that's already out there. Um, I know that it's frustrating that across the US, it's a patchwork of regulations around water reuse, right? Every state kind of has their own take on it. I know EPA has tried and they're trying to kind of do things with water reuse and and push it along, but i'd I'd love to see more on that front too, like the federal government taking even a stronger stance on pushing this forward. Um, you're seeing regulations change in some states, though, right? like they're starting to kind of make room for some of this stuff. I you guys follow it even closer than I. What's happening uh kind of at that state level
1: yeah, i mean you're you're definitely seeing a lot more. Uh, around direct potable reuse or DPR. You know, I think Colorado Mm -hmm. is making some great strides. I mean, California even has just released some draft guidelines around direct potable reuse. So again, it's happening. You know, I think there's a lot of momentum. I think the challenge is that these things take time, you know, especially when you're changing regulations, when you're changing laws, there's a lot of stakeholders involved in these decisions. Everyone from the public, to the the regulators, to the, you know the public health authorities, the water wastewater utilities, elected officials. I mean, it's complicated stuff. And I think you know, again, I'm I'm, I'm going to make the the analogy again that you know we're so used to the speed of innovation, especially you know where I am, you know, in close to Silicon Valley, where we move we move fast, we break things. That's kind of the mantra. <laughs> um, when you're dealing with really regulatory heavy industries, everything from transportation to medicine to water and wastewater we have over hundreds of years built safeguards. So for us, we, we can't just come in and just throw away all of these things that we've developed again to protect public health. Um, so it takes time. And, and again, yeah, it's frustrating because we read the headlines you know we are we're, uh, I mean, really, we're living the headlines we're seeing storms i mean where i am in california now we have an air quality index over 150 because of fires uh, in northern california we're seeing all of these things and we want to act fast but uh, it takes time but again i am a perpetual optimist you know i come from a i come from a family of immigrants and refugees to this country and we came from very difficult circumstances to come to this country and i think because of that i've just been conditioned to always kind of look on the bright side and from my vantage point just being inundated with updates and 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 new laws and and all of the sort of things happening in the water industry i'm actually extremely energized and encouraged Um, so i'd say the speed at which things are changing is really picking up now but uh but yeah, really? it can be frustrating sometimes, and, and we we experience that all the time. Look, not every not every city or state that we goes to that we go to is ready for what we do uh, sure. as a company. But we don't we don't take an adversarial approach. We take a an educational, working together approach, and we've seen a lot of success there. Hmm. Uh, what about the kind of the water utility
0: sector themselves? You know, um, what's their I know there's a lot of water reuse champions when it comes to big facilities. Maybe when it comes to decentralized treatment, right? There's there's issues that kind of go up about like, oh, you know, we, we need this certain amount of flow at our treatment plants. You know, that's what they're designed for. That's how they function. That's how uh, the finances work out. Um, and maybe that's kind of like a decentralized, more of a decentralized issue. Um, mm-hmm. What's kind of like the The read you get from utilities across the U.S. and that, again that there's a patchwork there too, like I
1: just said. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And look, a lot has changed since I entered the industry almost ten years ago. I think when we first started socializing the idea that it would become Epic Clean Tech, I think there was a lot of resistance for all the the reasons that you pointed out. That you know that water is our revenue. We need that wastewater to come in. Um, that is our that is our business model as a utility. Um, that is what we are selling. And so there was a lot of resistance and and sometimes there was some pretty outright opposition. I mean I you know I, I at a conference once was uh, in an elevator uh, with a utility manager from the Midwest who had just heard my presentation at this conference. We were part of the innovation showcase and uh, you know basically and I'm gonna I'm gonna make his language a little gentler, but he basically said, you are the jerks who are trying to put us out of business. Wow. Um, Now, a lot has changed in that time. I think a lot of people have kind of embraced the fact that decentralized is one of the most promising trends in the industry. And I think what's really important is that there's often this false dichotomy set up of centralized versus decentralized. And we couldn't disagree with that more because it's not one versus the other. it's It's the two working in tandem. You know, I often say water right now is kind of having its solar moment. Hmm. which is to say we are realizing that we can't just rely on large centralized infrastructure. We need decentralized um, to basically supplement the broader industry. It 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 makes our system stronger, it makes them more resilient, especially in the face of these increasingly frequent extreme weather events. I mean, look at Texas. Uh, look what happened there um, when you don't have a nice mix of things. And so um, we still face resistance from it. But I think once we really sit down with you know, utilities, with elected officials, with mayor offices, and we actually show them, look, here is actually here are all the different ways that that decentralized can actually get you to your, you know, let's say your recycled water goals, or your sustainability goals faster. Uh, and it's actually going to save you a lot of money, because if you try to build this centralized network and this distribution network, it's going to take you, you know, this many years it's going to cost this much. We can do that. We can help you get there without digging up streets, without having to put in a lot of horizontal piping. Um, So I think there is no sort of one size fits all solution. It's always going to be distinct to each location, but we've definitely seen a shift. We've seen a shift in in kind of the embrace of what it is that we're doing. And and again, you know, it's a common theme for me is that I, from my vantage point, I'm extremely uh, optimistic and encouraged because there's been a big shift just in the last few years and in, in how people are talking about this. I should have asked you about this earlier, but
0: decentralized for people that might not be as familiar with it, sure. you know, what what is meant by that and and how are you guys using that? I, you know, I think it's really interesting and there's a lot of different ways you can have decentralized water systems, but yeah, I'd love to hear
1: yeah sure and and i appreciate you stopping me i think a lot of times we in the industry jump (laughs) into talking about these things at a deep level without really kind of explaining it but um, look, the conventional approach or the centralized approach is what most folks are used to we have buildings we have homes we have industries that are all connected to a central sewer network you know hundreds or thousands of miles that wind under our streets and channel all the wastewater to a central treatment facility and then pump all the potable water back those buildings decentralized means we are existing outside of that conventional approach so you know that could mean anything from septic tanks which again make up a huge percentage of the united states infrastructure that is also decentralized but what we mean is that we are not necessarily reliant on that centralized infrastructure but we can have a a system or a distributed system that is serving a single building, Uh, it's serving a community, it's serving uh, a a collection of buildings. And so, um, you know, I think the analogy we often make is on the energy side is that, you know, like a a coal plant or nuclear plant, that is centralized energy. It is energy production then sending it out to everyone else. Decentralized energy or distributed energy would be rooftop solar, or it would be a small wind farm, or hydropower where it's not necessarily connected to a larger central facility so that's that's what we mean yeah. when we see we, when we say decentralized and we specifically often say uh, on-site so it's not just decentralized we're talking about we are on-site collecting the wastewater at the source treating it and then reusing it at that same source so kind of eliminating the need to pump water from from one place to the next uh, often over many miles well yeah
0: that, w- that was my follow-up question is like what's the need there for decentralized what's the value for it you know why why should this be part of kind of the portfolio and and why'd you kind of gravitate toward
1: that yeah, let me let me use san francisco as a kind of a perfect case study to illustrate why so san francisco um big big well known city uh, yep. right in the center of california which uh, as many folks know is sort of Hovering in and out of periods of water scarcity, drought, aridization, aridification—I should say, um, whatever term you want to use—San Francisco is planning for the long term, and originally they had plans to do a centralized recycled water capability, where they were going to treat the water, recycle it, and then distribute it um, to you know all of the buildings in downtown San Francisco, um, you know, using a network of what we call purple pipes. And for those who aren't familiar, purple pipes. Literally colored purple, uh, they designate the international symbol for designating recycled water just to make sure people aren't connecting drinking water pipes to the recycled water pipes. Um, That was the original plan for San Francisco to build this centralized infrastructure. And what they realized was that it's not so simple. Not only do you have to treat the water, which, again, building that plant is expensive. But then you need to distribute it. And that is actually one of the most difficult things because when we say distribute the water, it means you need to build pipes that are, again, winding under our streets, getting to each of these buildings. And when we say digging under streets, A, that's really expensive. But B, you're digging up streets. You're messing up people's morning commutes. There's a lot of traffic. Traffic causes all sorts of different economic ramifications. It's kind of this domino effect. So what San Francisco did was they said, well, We are still going to build sort of a centralized recycled water capability for places where it's easier to route that water, let's say, to a big public park. But for all of these buildings, rather than us going in and digging up streets, why don't we just have on-site systems that are sort of self-contained, existing in these buildings, aren't going to require all of this extra infrastructure under our streets. And what they found was that they are actually going to be able to get to their recycled water goals faster and cheaper by doing mm. it this way so again it's not a replacement of centralized water recycling but so it's a the two complement. it's complementary. yeah absolutely exactly is San exactly. is
0: San Fran like the place in the country where this is happening like the most like the most forward forward leaning on going decentralized
1: yeah so San Francisco um is I think internationally leading yeah. on this front so mm, every new building every new building over 100,000 square feet has to have an on-site water recycling system. And, you know, again, I, I told you some of the backstory, but it's really simple and you don't have to be a water expert to understand this. You know, we're coming from drought to drought to drought. There's no reason why we should be taking water from our national parks, our lakes and our rivers and using that pristine potable water to flush our toilets or water our lawns, or do our laundry, or cool our buildings. You know, we can be using highly purified recycled water, which, by the way, sometimes even exceeds drinking quality standards, and use that instead. Let's save the pristine drinking water for drinking, and we can use recycled water for all of these applications that don't require drinking water. So hmm. um, that was the motivation behind uh, behind that regulation. Again, super common sense, and the way we were able to implement it was again, look, we acknowledge we have the technology. So what were the big blockers? It was the regulations. And if you're a building owner or a developer, there's a lot of complexities in building a new building. So all of a sudden, with no background in water, wastewater, you're gonna put one of these systems in, how do we do it? How do you permit it? How do you make sure it runs? And so what San Francisco did was come up with a playbook, literally a step-by-step playbook that says, if you wanna do one of these systems, step one, you know you do a water budget analysis how much water is the building going to use how much of a non-potable demand does it have and then kind of step by step bringing in the department of public health department of building inspection the water waste water utility and just de-risking the entire process and that's what enabled this program to really gain traction in San Francisco so again San Francisco now has I I, I think by last count over 60 projects that are going to be incorporating differing forms of on-site reuse and that is now becoming a playbook that's being copy pasted to other cities, states, and actually countries. I mean, you know, just uh, next week we're hosting a delegation from the government of Germany, who's coming mm-hmm. to study the models we've developed in San Francisco. And uh, well, you got, the, you, got Kölsch, you got the you got the
0: Kolch you got the Kolch to offer them too. I mean, come on, here that's, that's I perfect. Even, I didn't
1: even I didn't even connect those. Look dots, at the connection that's... there. They're gonna they're gonna <laughs> really
0: freak out for you. <laughs> that's right. That's good. oh man. Um, I want to talk about that public the public perspective or the public opinion part of it you know with with beer made with recycled water that was the whole point that was the genesis of it a decade ago up in up in Oregon um the idea that like let's start the conversation with people let's try to get them over the yuck factor by explaining like look what we can do with technology i love hearing down in el paso texas where they're going to be like the first to go you know, direct potable reuse, take it, put it right back in drinking water. Like it's going to be awesome. I think that because of all the education they've done, I heard Gilbert Trejo down there to say like 85 plus percent of their people are like, bring it on their customers. Mm. They're like, bring it on. Let's go. We're ready because they've educated them, you know, over time. Um, So that that's a point of optimism for this whole water reuse uh, piece. I think LA has got a lot of work ahead of them because they're they're making a big push uh, on DPR, and I saw something recently around public opinion there too. And I think because of the drought, the aridification, people are it's starting to click for people, which is awesome. Again, that's another reason we make the beer. But what about the decentralized piece? Uh, You know, you've got there's tenants in that apartment building, right, or people that own condos there, whatever it is. What's yep. what do they what do they say about having this system, in in where they live?
1: So, I love that question because there is two answers. There's the answer that we often get from building owners and developers, who think that their residents or their tenants are going to have um, big opposition to these systems. And mm-hmm. and again, that's probably more true a few years ago. But you know, there are projects where. Uh, that we were involved in that said, you know, uh, we don't know if we want to do on-site water reuse because we're a concern that that's going to threaten our ability to then sell these condos. You know, if these high-end buyers aren't going to want to live in these projects because of the recycled water. Then there's what we've actually found. Uh, and what we've found is that people are extremely excited about it. Because, you know, look, I'm going to take the California example again. We, we live in California. You drive down the highway and you just see signs all over the place saying, we're in a drought, conserve water. You go into a restaurant, they're saying, we're only giving water if you request it. Wow. Maybe without even realizing it, people are just being inundated with, we are in a drought, do more. We even have Steph Curry, you know, from the front of Warriors fame, who's coming on TV telling people to conserve in the drought. Huh. So then it comes to what can people do? I think a lot of times, whether it's with water or is with climate, climate action in general, a lot of times people feel helpless. You know, what the weather is changing. There are storms and and floods, and it's like kind of like biblical stuff going on. What can I do? And so all of a sudden, when these buildings have these onsite reuse systems, people feel really proud. And you know, we were walking through one of our projects um, doing a, an interview with CNBC and uh, one of the one of the crew actually stopped a leasing agent from this big building 550 apartments right in the center of San Francisco so the uh, one of the the crew stopped the leasing agent and said you know what do you think about the water reuse system he said oh it's great he said it's actually one of the one of the top selling points for people to come live in this building they're super excited about can't wait till there's a system i can put
0: in my single family home uh yeah. you know I'm, uh, <laughs> something like that you know i'd love to love to be able to adopt more of that super forward stuff uh in in my own home builders have a huge role in this right yes the state can per can permit it and allow it yes you guys can provide the tech but you gotta have builders that are willing to put this in uh so what's that process like of educating them and getting them on board
1: i mean you nailed it it's 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 education hmm. you know i think the the folks we work with the you know the the trades folks the the plumbers the contractors the electricians the developers the engineers they're all extremely sophisticated people um once we do one project with them they get it and i think where where we are now sort of in the in the cycle of things is we're going through that sort of education ramp up um you know we've worked with some of the largest building owners uh, developers, contractors, engineers in the nation, uh, you know, there's some learning curves, there's some bumps along the way, but they get it now. And again, that's going to be true with any industry that's transitioning to doing something new. Um, but people really get it. And and I think now it's becoming the the goal is to get this to be something that is not just gonna be uh, an approach for Just super environmentally minded folks who want to incorporate all the sort of the highest levels of sustainability, sustainable practices into these projects. We want to create something that even if someone um, hates the environmental movement, thinks climate (laughs) change is a hoax, they're going to do it because it's, it's going to save them money. That's going to be the big driver to do this. And that, in my opinion, is the key to any true sustainability success story is that it's got to be good for people got to be good for the planet but also very importantly it's got to be good for profits uh that's that's what we're trying to unlock and i think you know working with those folks on the education front i mean it's part of the reason why we do these kinds of campaigns like the beer campaign to reach more people more quickly but a lot of it is just really kind of what i call retail engagement you know getting in front of them delivering presentations you know uh, just a few months ago got up at 530 to go uh, present to, I think, about 400 contractors who meet every Friday in the morning in a hotel ballroom. Um, This is kind of their, their approach, but just showing them that this is not scary stuff, that this is proven technology. Here's how to build it. And by the way, we have a playbook and we at Epic have actually developed a playbook that we can give to all these different practitioners that says, here's how to incorporate these systems. Here's all the different ways we coordinate with all the various stakeholders on the project and it's all easy stuff. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, let's
0: finish where we started with the beer. You've been talking so much that I feel like you haven't been able to drink as much as I have of, of your beverage <laughs> there. <laughs> there. But up. uh yeah, I'm, it's it's really awesome. Uh, I Shout out, I don't know if you said it already. I think you did Devil's Canyon Brewing Company in San Carlos, yeah. California. So shout out to those guys for making just an awesome beer um i know kolsch and the lighter styles are really popular because uh brewers want the water to shine like they don't want to do like one of the huge hop bombs or a big dark stout because it's like really about showcasing the water these guys did an awesome awesome job with it um you know i get like you're not in the brewing industry but i know you've had crazy demand uh, for for your stuff and you've shipped it all over the country and made a lot of people happy, including me. So, um, thanks for coming on. But yeah, appreciate
1: it so much. Well, you said something that I want to touch upon. You said, yeah, we're, we're making people happy. We're making you happy. Travis, that makes me happy. If you're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> so, okay, hey, I think, hey, cheers. Cheers. Waterloo.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast. To find all episodes, sign up for email updates, and connect on social media, visit waterloop.org. Waterloop, Waterloop, Waterloop.